It's Monday, April 22nd, 2019. I'm Jeremiah Zimmerman, and this is episode 204 of the 5049 podcast. How you guys doing? Thanks for joining us for another conversation between myself and today, an extraordinarily gifted young musician named Nick Dunstan. Let's have a listen. Nick plays the bass, and he's a monster. He's a young monster and someone you're going to be hearing from for a very long time. Today on the show, Nick Dunstan. Ooh, I've been in a lot of pain this past week. I, uh, I pinched a sciatic nerve this past week, which means I've been on my back in bed for the last five days. The only time I've not been on my back in bed is uh, when I've gotten up to go to the chiropractor a couple of times and when I've forced myself to sort of hobble around my apartment. It's pathetic. It's a pathetic sight, and uh, it's very humbling. I literally turned. I twisted. I was walking. I turned around with my hips, you know. I felt this insane, incredible, intense pain uh, in my lower back, and that was that. It's getting better, but Jesus fucking Christ, this has been awful. But I've seen a lot of movies in the last five days. I think I've watched 16 movies. A lot of stuff I've been meaning to, uh, to, to, to get myself together with. Do you guys like this show? Do you like the 5049 podcast? Is it a part of your week? If it is, if you do like it and you appreciate it and you want to show that appreciation... Become a donor via Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash 5049podcast. Become a monthly donor, and you will literally help keep this show going. And as a way of saying thank you, you will have access to the entire archive of the 5049 podcast. It's over 100 episodes of talk. For five bucks a month, you will be showing your support and appreciation in a very meaningful way. And you will have enough of the back catalog to listen to to, uh, to keep you for quite a while. Everything today is about, you know, access all the time and streaming. Well, this is, this is my, my contribution to that, uh, that digital pile. Conversations with Trace Bruins. The first conversation with Trevor Dunn. Mary Halverson, William Parker, Zena Parkins, Fred Frith, Ned Rothenberg, Jim Thurwell, Ava Mendoza, Craig Taborn, Matt Mitchell, Chris Corsano. It goes on and on and on and on. If you dig the show, become a Patreon donor and, and enjoy that archive. It's only available to you. All right, that's enough of that. What do you guys know about Nick Dunstan? Uh, before this talk, I knew very little. It seems like all of a sudden, sometime in the last year, I started seeing his name everywhere. Playing bass with Dave Douglas and Amirtha Kadambi and Mark Ribot and, you know, a lot of heavies. I checked him out. He's a Van Leer fellow for, for 2019 through Roulette. This guy's for real. He's not, he's not joking around. I invited him over. He's 22 years old. I did not know that. I did not know that a 22-year-old was coming over to my house. That sounded a little creepy. But the point is, Nick plays the shit out of the bass. Check out any recording that he's on. Check him out live. This guy's for real. He's for real, and he's someone that you're going to be hearing from for a really long time. At this point, I've said that about a lot of young musicians, and with the passage of time, I feel more and more confident saying so. Nick Dunstan. You're going to be hearing that name a lot. All the music that uh, I'm playing between segments on today's show is from a recording that Nick has just completed. It's going to be coming out sometime the next year. It'll be his first record as the leader. Look forward to it. Unreleased material. You dig? If you want to find out more about Nick Dunstan, go to nickdunstan.org. I'm just looking at his um, performance schedule right now and... There's no shortage of opportunities. Check them out. And it's with a lot of really heavy people. 
Taishan Sori, Tomo Fujiwara. It's looking pretty good, Chess Smith. It's looking real good. Check them out, nickdunston.org. If you're digging the show, go to Patreon, go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, do all of those things. All right. I'm going to go get an ice pack and a heating pad and uh, pretend like I'm not a sad old man. Here's my conversation with Nick Dunstan. was this past fall at Notre Dame. Wow. Like, I went to an organ recital with my wife. And, uh... kind of like Bach or... Bach? Uh, it was, it was a whole program. Wow. They're, you know, the guy that... The, the organist for the um, cathedral is young. He's like 32. Whoa. Total virtuoso. <sighs> I've never been touched by music like I, I, that I was that night. Man, I mean, yeah, that's... So there's no, as far as like why it happened, it's just like... They don't know yet. And they're just trying to like... Right. By the time you and I finish this talk, we there might not be a Notre Dame. Right. There's, it's still, yeah, like... like some, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fully understand how they came up with this statement, but they said that like at four o'clock, they said something like, we'll know in the next hour and a half. Right, yeah. If we're going to be able to preserve the, the cathedral. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it said they were like doing res- renovations. Yeah, they've been doing renovations for a while, and um, it seems like... Like bet, I mean, I don't know. We we'll, we'll talk about stuff other than Notre Dame, but um, sure, yeah. <laughs> but it seems like they were able to get like almost all the medieval art out in time. So at the very least, like all of the art is going to be okay. Okay. You take your pick. Which one of these you want? <laughs> I'll do the Bronx Brewery. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. New York. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, man. Have you yeah. been to to Notre Dame or Paris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I went to the to the cathedrals to like the tourist thing yeah yeah it's amazing it's beautiful you yeah. can't help but be in awe of that yeah i mean yeah it's heartbreaking actually the first thing that i assumed when i first heard the news like just terrorist attacks straight yeah. up yeah um i didn't see an alert my friend just told me that right. she saw it and i was like fuck well right but i've never you know i didn't grow up religious and mm-hmm. that was like you know going there was like it felt i was like oh i can see why people why people get into this oh yeah well i mean yeah, it's like at that point it's like just well i guess like, for them it's like the religion is like just the fabric of like existence itself yeah um and so yeah when the actual like architecture even is just crumbling literally yeah. yeah 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 i mean that that medieval music to me like whatever every all the religions have their musics mm-hmm. you know and then there's various you know it's all different kinds of music within religion but i feel that connection so closely to that music and that's mm-hmm. you know a million miles from what my upbringing is i mean did you grow up in a religious household um I grew up pretty religious, yeah. My um, my my grandfather on my mom's side is a they're, they're Puerto Rican. He's a Catholic deacon, and and me and both my parents separately like went to church growing up a lot. And I went a couple times when I would visit my extended family. Where was that? Um, my extended family. Yeah, they live uh like in the DMV area. Okay. Yeah, so um, I would go with, like when we visited them, but like when we lived in like when we were at home in New York, we would never go to church or anything right. and um and at a certain point i was just kind of like like yeah i don't really this isn't really for me i don't really believe in most of this and right my parents were just kind of like yeah cool just like be a good person and and then, and then like <laughs> it, yeah it's cool and like even now like i think i think that they're kind of like on the fence or just uh-huh. like not really but you know they're just like yeah just do your best and you know whatever happens happens kind of thing <laughs> So it's cool. You mean like when the big thing happens? When, when, the, the, when you check yeah, out? That thing at the end, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Man, I was thinking about that shit today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Well, I was just thinking like, uh, you never know what's going to happen. No. I mean, I guess some people know. like. Oh, well, they think they know. But, <laughs> but that's a, like, once that happens, that's a wrap, baby. Yeah. I mean. At least I I think and I agree, but I don't know. I mean, I think so. I mean, uh, I don't know. Do you, I, did, did you go to this Hilma off Clint um, exhibit at the Guggenheim? I did not. No, it's still open for a week. Okay, you want to see something incredible? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she. You know, the the short version of it was that she was with a group of women who were like trying to speak to spirits. Mm-hmm. And that they started speaking with these spirits, and they commissioned this series of paintings from her. Mm-hmm. Um, something like. 150 paintings that she did all like channeling being channeled through these spirits uh-huh she didn't want them to be seen by anyone until 20 years after her death and they were meant to be in like a 
what do you call it? Like a, like a rotunda, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Anyway, that makes me like that kind of like you know that kind of stuff makes me kind of wonder if there's stuff. Right. I mean, sometimes I wish that I like believed in like or like really strongly believed in like a specific thing, and it'd yeah. be like be so much easier. You would think, but, right? You will, uh, yeah, you'd <laughs> yeah, think. It would. Yeah, it would. I don't know. So you didn't play music like in church or anything growing up. No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, my my dad's family side of the family, you know, like at least my grandma's like pretty religious, like like you know, black Baptist church type thing. Um, but that didn't really trickle down to like right. my my dad and his siblings, and not certainly not to me. Yeah. Um, because she's she is religious, but she's also like very like a very like intellectual educated woman and yeah, so she kind of hard to <laughs> balance yeah. the two well yeah but just like she wouldn't like it it, it wouldn't occur to her i think to like force that so heavily mm-hmm. on her on her kids mm-hmm. at a certain point and you grew yeah. up in brooklyn mostly in brooklyn yeah i mean we moved around I, so i was born in dc okay um but we we moved my um my parents got divorced and we were living in maryland and my mom and my sister and i moved to to New York when I was about four. Okay. And we lived in a bunch of spots like Kips Bay, Lower East Side, um, and then like more to like Crown Heights and and I lived in like Dimmies at one point. Yeah. Um, and my dad moved to New York shortly after and he lived in up in Riverdale and so we uh-huh. lived with him for a couple of years. Um, but I I saw I was living in Crown Heights during I believe the end of middle school and beginning of high school. So that's mm-hmm. what I identify most with, just as like my. Like yeah. formative years or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's a nice. Area. It's I like Crown Heights. It's great. Does your mom still live there? No, no, no. <clears throat> so everyone's just always moving. Yeah. After uh, I and my sister uh, went to college, my mom moved to first to Richmond, Virginia. It's cool. It just it was cool. Yeah. And um, my sister goes to school there currently. That's mm-hmm. kind of why part of why she moved. And um, now she she got married, and now she lives in uh, a town called Carborough in North Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no Carborough. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. And it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's cool to visit her. And my dad actually also moved to North Carolina and an adjacent is he city. Like, like chasing after her? <laughs> like, like, is he cool? I, it's it was literally a coincidence. I think. Really? Yeah. He got he got um he got moved to the headquarters of his of his job. So which is in Cary, North Carolina. Okay. Um, which I don't think anyone really knows where it is, but it borders the same town. So are, are they on good terms? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're friends. It's not like some weird like. <laughs> You know, you're not going to hear about it in the news or something. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, uh, was the bass the first instrument? No, no, cello was. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, but I think that it's interesting because I never, like, piano was never part of the equation. Mm-mm. I never took piano lessons in my life, and so, like, you know, like, musicians will be like, oh, yeah, I put a little bit of piano, and then, like, they can actually kind of really play it. I, like, really can't play any piano. Right. Um, but, yeah, so cello was my first instrument, and um, I started that when I was... Five. Uh-huh. Um, my before we moved to New York, um, my I'd already been enrolled or pre-enrolled in this like kindergarten, and um, somehow they they uh, they were offering free lessons on either cello or violin, and my mom asked me when I was like five or four, like right. what I wanted to play, and I was like cello, I guess. But like it was framed in such a way that like I was gonna play something. Yeah. But you know, and it could have been either one. Yeah, I like pretty arbitrarily just picked a cello. Um, Do you remember that actual experience of having that conversation? And it wasn't even a conversation. Yeah. I was, I was just like, I remember the experience. I was like, kind of like playing in my uh, my cousin's like, they have, they have like a playroom in Maryland, yeah. and she just kind of walks into the room and just asks me like, what I want to play, and I was like, yeah, cello, sure. Hmm. Um, but I didn't really like it. Didn't playing music like we like we added like little drums and like a piano, I think. So like I would like mess around on those, but. Playing music was it like it didn't occur to me that like I would it would be like a I just wasn't even thinking about my future I think and of course any, for, of course and, yeah, and, yeah and yeah and any and so like let alone music mm-hmm. in any capacity um but yeah that's that's how I started just through the school yeah mm-hmm. and um did you take to it <sighs> I really liked my teacher uh huh and I think I liked the the novelty of it in some ways novelty. Or just like the fact that it was like a, a new experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, you know, I played it throughout up until I think like seventh grade, and I, in the beginning, I would practice when I had a lot of like little recitals coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, or did I even practice? Maybe I just worked hard on my lessons. I don't know if I ever practiced on my own. Really? Yeah, I like, I I had a lot of anxiety about like messing stuff up on like performances. 
um but i never really like i don't think like ever put in the work really and and i certainly didn't when i as i got older and was going in through like elementary school and and um and middle school when i was starting to do like orchestras outside of like any kind of school program mm-hmm. i like really like I, I was committed to the orchestras and i would you know show up and like play as best as i could but when, whenever we had like seating auditions for example and we're talking about new york now you're in like s- still still new york yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All, all of this is in new york yeah, yeah, yeah. um Whenever we'd have stuff like seating auditions or something, I would just I just wouldn't practice, and then I would get placed. Wait, did you like that music as a listening experience? Well, that's the thing. I don't think like I didn't really, not not particularly. No, right. Um, it just didn't occur to me. I think at that time, what like liking or disliking something was. I think that I was just kind of like bored all the time and like pretty depressed and like really? not really motivated yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm only i'm only able to like kind of think of it in terms like now but back then it was just like i think that instead of looking for things to that actually motivated me and excited me on like a really fundamental level i just was my escape was like either like entertainment or just like doing tasks and i think this like playing cello and orchestra fell in the category of just like tasks mm-hmm. and i still like, got a lot out of it like in terms of the, the craft of music and understanding of music but it didn't strengthen my love for music i don't think um and you know it's part it's partially because of the music but also like the music itself um which i love now but back then i wasn't interested in sure but um but also just uh you know like still like ton of racism ton of bullying racism austria's oh uh, yeah in um, the the in in like the orchestra scene and like the studio the, the um I guess my teacher's like cello studio. Um, what would that racism look like? Just like me uh, being often the only, not only student of color, because there's a lot of like, you know, Asian students Asian there. Students, sure. But um, yeah, de- you know, definitely the only dark skinned student of mm-hmm. any kind. Um, yeah, and just like, I, I, there was like a really apparent like ostracization mm-hmm. from the you know, other students, and I couldn't really like make friends. Even though I, I did try, but um, yeah. Mm. So not a good experience, but it didn't even register as like a not really good experience. Sure. It was just like that's just like what life kind of was. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you know, it was. <laughs> It was cool. Like, I got but, a lot out of it. But still, when you but. began to enjoy listening to music, were you, did you even connect the two experiences of like what was like some first music, like the first music as a listener that really grabbed your attention? Oh gosh, I used to listen to like. How old are you? I'm 22. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, the first thing that really connected with me actually is this like children's artist. This guy, I think his stage name is just like Raffi. Okay. And that was kind of it. Just like songs like meant for kids. Uh-huh. Um, and then like around the house, my mom would be playing like salsa music and stuff like that. And like, and that was great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cheeto and stuff like that. Um, and then like a little bit of like the Beatles, but as far as like my early life goes, not that much music that I can recall, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I, I got really excited, like as far as like live music goes, I think, was when I was really as early, as late as middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I my my middle school had a had a jazz band, and we weren't even like improvising. I was playing like written out arrangements, like like Sammy Nestico, whatever mm-hmm. the guy, yeah. Um, and and I was playing electric bass at that time, um, and just like, so even though we weren't like really improvising or anything, like it was as through composed as like the orchestra stuff, um, just like the, the the sheer force of being like in like a a big band, yeah, and with a drummer, drums, yeah, forget it, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? It like blew my mind, right? I was like so so hyped up. I mean, and, the electric bass is already you know a step towards. An experience that it probably you know would have been more comfortable i'd imagine totally yeah well the thing yeah actually i mean the thing about electric bass is that like at that point like i i, I hadn't switch i hadn't switched to electric bass because of um i don't think interest in music yet i switched to it because of the school of rock like the movie oh for real straight up that is you why saw the the with fucking what's his name jack black yeah you saw the movie i saw the movie and like the girl he's like 
the girl plays cello and he's like, yeah, just play like bass, same thing. And it's not. But right. I thought it was, and I was like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll just play bass. I can play cello, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, these are different strings, completely different instrument, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from that point on, I was like, okay, well, I guess like I'll like listen to music that like this instrument is on. Um, that's in middle school, and that's when I started to get into like classic rock, um, uh-huh. and you know that sort of thing, and like, and then eventually like indie music. Right, um, but did you ever like? I remember. Like I went to like a performing arts summer camp. My first instrument was the bass, mm-hmm. and I had this one counselor. He like I still have this piece of paper. I still have it. He wrote down yeah. James Jamerson, Paul McCartney, Geddy Lee, Bootsy Collins, and handed it to me. And he was like, "You've got to go listen to this." <laughs> right, right. And Chris Squire, which I mean, thinking back on it, like I only give a shit about like half the people on that list. But, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but so did you, were you checking out like James Jamerson? No, because like it just didn't even occur to me that like. Like the idea of someone being like a uh, an amazing musician of a specific instrument wasn't really yeah. in my, my in my line of thinking. Okay. It was just like people who play this instrument and like bands and composers. Um, so I was just like really just kind of bumping around, and yeah, it's weird to me that it didn't even occur to me to like to like ask for like really like help or advice because mm-hmm. I just I thought that like I was kind of on my own. Did you have to, um, you, so you didn't have a bass teacher? No, I never took electric bass lessons or anything. Right. Um, I I had a lot of guidance from my like my middle school band teacher, who's who's she did like the concert band and then also like the jazz band. Um, but yeah, we didn't really like. I just didn't really ask. Mm-hmm. I just it just wasn't. Yeah, no. It, it, like looking, even like looking back on this kind of stuff, it's it all feels like very like kind of like foggy and like a little bit numb to me to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, but. But I was playing a lot of, of music. I was um, doing, I was like playing in on like all these like, there was a certain point when I was playing like bass in the jazz band and then trombone in the concert band oh, okay, and, okay. and cello in, in that orchestra at the same time. That's great. Yeah, I was playing, I was playing a ton. Yeah. And um, I was, uh, and then I was playing bass in like bands that I formed with my friends. And we were playing all original music and that we, that we all co-wrote. Um, and this is in high school. This is in middle school. Middle school. Yeah, so I was, you know, I was, I was playing like a good amount of music, I think, for for a middle schooler. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, to an extent, it even, it even feels like similar to now, like where it's like uh, a lot of engagement with music in this one way, but then like less so in like other ways of like, for example, for like straight up like listening or like like study. It was more it was, a lot of it was like collaborative and just mm-hmm. kind of bumping around. As I as I went on, well, and thing. so so, what were these bands like? Well, I mean, where were you guys getting your uh, your taking your cues from? <laughs> um, one of them was with uh, these two girls who I think to this day are still in a band together. I okay. saw this duo, but um, yeah, we were doing that was my introduction to like indie rock and what I and what I considered like to be like alternative uh-huh. music or whatever. So like. MGMT, say hi to your mom, and then like some like like punk stuff and like like you know um like the Clash and like yeah um we listened to a lot of the Violent Femmes too uh huh um and it was it was very much like a like a kind of survey of these musics like I didn't like sure. dive in deep into any of them I just like listened to a bunch of them and like was like oh, okay cool 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 and then um there was another band where we just I got really deep into like David Bowie. Was that also with these girls? No, that was a different band that I was in. I was in like three bands. But I think um, it's kind of cool that you had a yeah. band with two girls playing Violent Femmes music. That's like a very different experience of, for like what a lot of young, fucking young men is, you know? Sure, It's like really yeah. testosterone based, like. Yeah, totally. Well, you, you know, I mean, I, I realized this like, um, last year or a couple of years ago but like most of my private teachers like long-term private teachers of music were, were all women mm-hmm. and um most of my parents relatives are women and my um and and my mom is, is lesbian and so i've been like raised by like just like you know in the way like it takes a village to raise like mm-hmm. a lot of like women role models in my life and it just didn't register to me as like a or i didn't know the norm for like my right. age like, yeah yeah, like, yeah demographic was even so it just was like yeah sure yeah of course let's play right yeah right that's i mean it is what it is i'm not even gonna say that's cool but mm-hmm. it is like you know i just i just think back to like when i was in you know a teenager and me and all my friends were playing music it was all based around being like knuckleheads 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So what were the other groups that you were playing with? Uh, so besides that one, there, yeah, so there was there was the one that we were doing, like, yeah, David Bowie tunes, like, just the hits. That music spoke um, to you? Yeah. It David was so Bowie? cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and actually, it, it makes sense, thinking back later on, because eventually I got really deep into, like, musical theater stuff. Uh-huh. Um, which, I mean, he, I know he was all about. But, um, yeah, David Bowie for that one. And then there was a third band with two dudes, and that was, like, um, that was also original music. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, and through that band, I, 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 that's when I started to get into like, like emo stuff, like, like yeah. Slipknot and like, um, like Lincoln Park. <laughs> really? Yeah, and then I, I got a bit into like Ozzy. Now Ozzy the knuckleheads coming out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't completely absent. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got, I got a, a good, a good array of yeah sources. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But when did you? Um, you're really young. You're even younger than I thought you were. Uh, How old do you think I was? I thought you were like. You know, mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so health insurance still got it. You on, still, my, on my parents, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, you go to the doctor all the time. All the time. All the time. I every love day. It. Every oh, day. Yeah. I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah. When, but when did like jazz and improvised music become interesting to you? Oh yeah. So well, I mean, I guess the the jazz part of that question is starting with middle school when I started the jazz band. I was like. That was like my shit. Like I you could not, it. yeah. Like just like yeah, the for, the full force of of the band. Mm-hmm. And again, like playing really really lame arrangements, but like just in your face and like loud and like just yeah, yeah. so full. And um, yeah. So so that's what I that's that that's, that was my introduction to jazz. And then from that point on, I I started to get really into like only big band music. Mm. Um, not even like like the like the deep cuts, but just like like bassy was like my. Mm-hmm. my thing for a while um as far as actually improvising goes um or at least when i was aware of myself as improvising like when i was playing in these other rock bands like making up my own parts and that like to me i didn't register as that as improvising or mm-hmm. i didn't maybe i didn't know what improvising was but um uh i think in eighth grade or the end of eighth grade um end of middle school i my my jazz band director was like you know it'd be great if you would play some like acoustic bass um he said like it'd be good for me and good for the band if i'm interested in jazz to like if for them to have that presence in the band because it was just electric bass at that point mm-hmm. um and i re- and i like was not interested at all mm. I, I still want to be a rock star and like to me like that jazz band experience was just like a big rock band it wasn't like right you know um and then he he pointed me in the direction of this program at uh juilliard um, called the MAP program. It's called Music Advancement Program or something. But it basically it's like a pre pre college type thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's meant for students who are beginners. And um, excuse me. So um, my mom convinced me to audition. I was fighting it the whole way. Didn't want to do it. But um, I she she like knew a bass player like an acoustic bass player friend of a friend who wasn't even a jazz guy. He was like a pop like acoustic bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve something, but he, and anyway, he gave me a couple lessons to like learn, just like so I could be have enough chops to like audition for this thing. Yeah. Um, and and I auditioned. I think I played like like just the melody to like Ode to Joy or something. Uh, what, what did he? <laughs> but what what kind of stuff was he showing you? Like like how to play scales. Okay. Like, I don't I don't think even bowed stuff yet. Yeah. But um, the assumption or my assumption was that like because it's like the same basic shape as like a cello bow that I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but. Ha, little did I know, um, <laughs> but if I, um, but yeah. So I I auditioned and like you know I, I it was for beginners. So like there wasn't any like, and I also didn't really care about doing it. So I didn't have any anxiety about like getting anything. And I did get in, and um, there was only one base, or I was the only base student of, of in that program at the time. Huh. So I had private lessons basically every week, um, and so that started at the end of eighth grade going into the first year of high school. Wow. Um, and that was my introduction to uh, operate bass. Um, I went to a perf- performing arts high school. Which one? LaGuardia. LaGuardia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my freshman year, I, I, heard, I heard the big bands play. And, um, and at that point, I was still just interested in like big band music, like not really any like small ensemble jazz stuff. Right. Um, and... Actually, I remember when because I, I did a tour of LaGuardia when I was in eighth grade, and I we, we were walking by and like hearing like ensembles play, and the big band wasn't playing. I don't think they had like a small like, combo playing, and my I was with my dad. I remember like 
like I could understand. I was like, okay, so they're just like playing a melody and then most of it's just soloing. And he's like, yeah. And I'm just like, I don't like that. I didn't. I wasn't into that. I wanted to hear just like written out stuff, yeah. orchestration. With, and, yeah, with, yeah, with the sounds of the of like the jazz ensemble, but I didn't really care about like people like soloing. Yeah, I didn't care right. about any of that. Right. So I was like, is this what this is what this is. All right, well, no thanks. But yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, but but you know, I, I I still ended up going, and um, I and I heard the big bands, and that was a combination, and there were more. So, it was like a high school big band, so they were like soloists and. And that kind of was like, I guess, my transition into it. I was like, okay, this is like kind of cool, fine. Right. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, you know, through through school, I I mean, that kind of like exploded everything for me. Just mm-hmm. like I was playing music every day in like orchestra, big band, um, eventually combos. Eventually this like class was all about like just like songwriting and, and like composing. Um, it was like a lot of music, like mm-hmm. hours every day through the school. And that's not even thinking about stuff that I was doing outside of school, like extracurricular programs just like jamming and eventually gigs in my last couple of years yeah paid so, gigs at night yeah playing for adults yeah yeah a couple yeah i mean i did a lot of school functions too but sure. just like like random yeah like um we would like i was in this like group with um uh, a vibraphonist and a singer and we played at uh the tea lounge yeah in, in park slope yeah which is not yeah sir sir d's lounge right it's something now. It's not, yeah, it's not it's some, anymore, yeah. But. Wait, we played gigs there. Playing standards. Um, yeah, I think just tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, gosh, yeah, yeah. In high school, like every everything kind of exploded, and I got into like, even like like super improvised stuff, like as you know, as free as like, like Cecil Taylor. Yeah, but um, once that stuff seeps in, forget it. It's over. <laughs> yeah, no, it's turning back at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, it was it was kind of like a, I guess like yeah, when I look back on like my um my development of my interest in music, it was really just like a kind of like a plat borderline plateau because it wasn't even about like it was about like like um like optics and looking cool. Like I played electric bass to to be cool. Mm-hmm. I did all these things just like like to be a certain way and like I didn't really I don't think I really cared about uh the music as as deeply as most people do like for the reason that they want to get into music. It was just like it took me like a while to like learn how to like actually appreciate it. Sure. And um, like it wasn't. It's hard to like say like what the visceral excitement for me for me was. And yeah. a lot of these points, you know. And at this point, you were still just not interested in solos, people soloing. Well, no. In high school, I got into it. Okay. Like like once I once I was like in the thing and like. I mean, the bass player in, in jazz, the bass player doesn't get to solo like everyone else does. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, I and and still like to this like you know I. I really, I mean, I do a lot of, I guess, like non-conventional, I'm doing air quotes for those listening, um, types of, you know, jazz adjacent type stuff. Sure. But, 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 but even still, like, as far as like the role of the bass, I think that that's awesome. Like, that's a shit. Yeah, it is a shit. And, and like, for me, like, uh, I guess leaning more towards like, um, like more like straight ahead type stuff. Like, I only think like if you're a bass player, you should like solo if like, if it's just going to be like as like as or or more popping than like you're accompanying and even still like just walking bass solo like walking bass solos are like that's the shit man like a walking bass solo yeah yeah i mean yeah i think so like just like grooving with chord notes that is like incredibly profound totally and then like yeah i mean i don't know like and, and like drum solos i think are just like the, some of the most like the deepest ever and like to like kind of have it coming out of that sort of that rhythmic um purely rhythmic approach to take that to the bass, I think, is, like, super deep. Yeah, it's so funny that, like, jazz is, for a lot of restaurants, like, the most acceptable music to be playing. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, nothing more disconcerting than eating in a restaurant and hearing a drum solo. Like, oh, it God. sounds like some dishwasher, like, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if you're lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So who were the bass players that you were, you were like, really getting into? Well, uh, the first, uh, I guess the first person that I was put onto was Ray Brown. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, bass players. I think we we kind of all check out the same cats. Yeah, up front. I mean, every instrument sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Ray Brown. I was like, it was the first bass player that like I um that like I kind of had like a focus on. I was like, yeah, this is this is like really sick bass playing, which I still believe of Ray Brown. Uh-huh. Um, and were you able to go out to concerts as a kid? A little bit, yeah, with my mom. Um, 
You grew up in New York, uh, so like it was all happening here. Well, that's yeah, yeah, it, you know, absolutely. But you know, still, like, I mean, from like this, this kind of like, this sort of like numbness and like, I think like depression that I had early on, it carried into high school. Still, yeah. I was doing more and playing more, certainly, and but um, yeah, definitely carried over, yeah. and um, and like, the, the, like just, and I'm from New York, so maybe this is part of it, but like, I didn't really know how to like, I think appreciate it, huh. and so. Like I did, I did go to concerts like probably more than like, like any any student like my age like who who's in like a random town in the middle of America sure. for example. But um, I certainly wasn't going like multiple times a week, or right. even every week. Right, right. Um, so you know, I I, I got a, I got a you know I, I got a good amount out of like being in New York, but definitely. Not I mean, the jazz is you know jazz is funny because I mean there's a lot that's funny about it, but. Um, <laughs> You know, if you, for the for most people who don't grow up in New York, mm-hmm. and up until you know very recently, you know before the internet became like the thing, mm-hmm. if you got into jazz, like it meant you were you were starting with like some version of the classics, whether you're starting with Duke or you're starting with Miles or mm-hmm. or Bird or any of this stuff, you're primarily listening to dead people. Sure, yeah. And if you grow up, you know, you're 22, so we're talking like not that long ago in mm-hmm. high school, five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like you could go see someone like Eric Rivas play, yeah, and that's jazz. That's jazz bass. Totally, completely exploded. You know, to the next level. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I and yeah, and, and I and I did that. I um, I, in my second in my second years of high school, I was like checking out, like, um, the these are air quotes again, like the modern jazz kind of scene. Right. Um, I, I was I was studying for the last two years of high school at MSM pre-college. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Linda O was teaching bass there. Oh, wow. So I checked out her and her like associates a lot of the time. Um, I was, you know, like into like, yeah, all, all like the, all like the modern jazz people that like. Like the pie record stuff? No, not like that. Like I'm talking like, uh, like the, like the blue note, people who are on blue note, like Robert Glass oh, type Klaus, stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I wasn't yet into like the the pie scene yet. Well, no, no. I mean, I guess like Vijay and yeah, Vijay yeah. does his stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vijay and I guess that might be it though, honestly. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. that scene. So I, I mean, what was it like to study with Linda? Oh, she's pretty great. She's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't. I wasn't ready to work hard yet. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's, like I was. I was playing a lot, and I wanted to get better, but I. Oh my gosh, my ego was such a fucking mess, and just really? yeah, I mean, I mean, as as it would be, I guess, for a high schooler. But it was, you know, I just I would rather think of excuses than like work towards solving a problem. A lot of the time, the excuse would be like, like oh, I, I can't play that interval because my fingers aren't long enough, or uh, no, more like I can't play this, therefore I don't want to play this, right? That kind of thing, right? Um, and so, but but you know, studying with Linda, I I mean, I got I got a ton out of it. I um, we we played a lot together, which was awesome, and. She like taught me how to practice, and but it was only towards the end that like I was really like okay, like I really have to like got to do it. Actually, yeah, I got to do it. I got to work the hard. Hours in, yeah, yeah, totally. And I was yeah, and I improved a lot just from playing a lot and like um, being having like early on like pretty good ears. But um, yeah, I just didn't hard work. Like I didn't know I didn't know what that was like for for music making. It's the only way. Totally, it's the it's only the way. only way. It's the only way. The only way. What um when you said Linda showed you how to practice, what did that look like? Um, just like literally like showing me like like how to have a warm up routine. Um, just like like really like just like methodologies. On so like, well, here, like you're gonna do 15 minutes of long tones. And exactly. Then, yeah. Yeah, and then getting giving me like etudes and like exercises, um, tips on how to learn tunes fast. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about fast, but just like tips on how how to learn tunes like in a very organic and um. Yeah, just like, like stuff like playing, like singing while playing, singing guide tones, playing guide tones while singing roots, stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. all these ideas to really get stuff like get like material right. in your right. blood. I mean, being a working jazz musician means learning new music all the time, really quickly. <laughs> it sure does. And dealing with like maybe dysfunctional people while doing it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the game, and she she prepped me for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you went from high school to the new school. Yep. Yep, yep, pretty directly. Um, I only, I knew I wanted to do music, like, in, in school, um, and I only applied to schools in New York, and then um, NEC in Berkeley. 
Okay. And uh, NEC and Berkeley were just because like I I was interested in NEC and then I was like okay well I may as well apply to Berkeley too. Um, and I probably I probably I mean I like them both but like just Boston I couldn't. Boston's couldn't the worst. It. Yeah. It but is. you went to NEC, you visited and all that. Yeah, I, I know I auditioned for both and yeah, you know, and it was cool but yeah Boston can't do it. Yeah. Which is a shame because NEC is amazing. NEC is amazing. I mean, um, there's some people there that. Oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I just, but you know, it's yeah. Um, but I, but I also, but even back then, I had an understanding that like, uh, to an extent, Boston, but def- definitely in New York. Like, I, I know I didn't want like a college campus bubble experience. Right. Even though, I, even though I kind of, even though part of me like wanted just like what that mythical like college life is like mm-hmm. i knew that i i wanted to just kind of be in the real world kind of right away and yeah, just 55 west 13th street that's right that's right, <laughs> that's right. yeah um yeah and so i auditioned for msm juilliard a new school and um yeah and i got in everywhere but you got the best vibes in a new school so yeah mm-hmm. so did you uh you auditioned for reggie reggie workman no, I didn't. No, he wasn't at my audition. Um, okay. It, it was uh, it was Vic Juris. Yeah, yeah, I know Vic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, who did you study with once you got in at the new school? Oh, I mean, I bounced around a lot. Um, some teachers were, some of my choices for teachers weren't for the right reasons, and others were just out of ignorance. But a lot were amazing. Like they had that um, thing where you can like do private lessons. Whoever you want. Like, yeah. And who, if they live in the city and if they're down basically. Yeah. Which is amazing but I think too much of responsibility for kids. To, to what? Be, too much of a, a responsibility. How so? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I think me and a lot of my peers at the time, like I don't think we know like what we need. Of course At not. that age. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but yeah, but, but you know, it's like if you're, like my first semester, like I got to study with Taishan Sori because I could, but like I didn't, I didn't like he's like obviously amazing, but I didn't like know why he was amazing. I just I just like was like oh like this guy, well, you is supposed him. to be amazing, right? Um, and he is, but I didn't. I, it wasn't for the right reasons that I that I studied with him, and and I wasn't ready for like any. I mean, it could be said of yeah. most college experiences that like the people that are in like if you, if you do it like age 18 to 22 as you're supposed to mm-hmm. you probably would get much more out of it if you did it like age 35 oh totally you know oh man yeah. and <laughs> absolutely like youth is wasted on the young kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but i'd imagine with someone like tyshawn who is a really hard worker mm-hmm. and knows that this world can be really tough and unfair could probably offer really practical advice outside of just the music and the performance no totally and yeah i mean yeah, I mean, no, I mean, the thing, yeah, like, I got so much out of, like, those lessons. Yeah. Like, undeniably. But I'm just, I'm talking about, like, my, my impulse mm-hmm. was misguided. And I don't think that, like, I, I, or, like, many of my peers knew what I needed to, like, improve in, in, in the best way possible. Taishan was great, but, like, it was, it, it was, like, kind of an accident that, like, that, like, he's, that he, like, is a great teacher. And not that he's a great teacher, but mm-hmm. it was an accent that I picked a great teacher in him, you know? Yeah, but however it worked out, you did. Yeah, I mean, it, and yeah, and it worked out, always. Yeah, how long, so you um, studied with him for a period of time? Just a semester, yeah. Okay. I, I took three lessons with him, and at the same time, I was taking lessons with Ben Street. He's great. Which is, yeah, they were great. Yeah. Um, yeah, my first semester was awesome with those two. Um, and I spent, I, I think I spent the most time, I bounced around a lot, like I said, but I spent the most time probably with uh, Harish Raghavan. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, he's um great bass player. Plays in Ambrose Second Mysteries band. Okay. Um, and he uh he really. So like Linda got me to a certain point of like working hard, and he got me to, the, to like another point of that. Like, yeah. Yeah, like Linda got me to a point, and I was like, okay, cool. Like I know how to like work hard, kind of. Um, and I, and it and it and it worked for a bit, but then like he was like, okay, like no, like. You you're at this point, and I'll step it up a, a bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool. Um, so. That was great for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I and then I did a bunch of like, like lessons with all like non-bass players, like um, well, like I said, Tyshawn. I did Matt Mitchell for a bit. Mm-hmm. Matt Maneri. Um, great guys. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was so great. Um, I did Ari Honig for a bit. Lucas Curtis. Um, I'm forgetting. I did Matt Brewer for a while. And were you yeah. putting together a peer group at the time? Did you have guys that you were playing, there people that you were playing with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that you totally. still play with? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I was never like super, super deep in like the new school 
hang. It's probably a bit, uh, good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was, I was, I was happy with who I was playing with, and yeah, it was mostly like other students from like who are at other schools or like yeah. people who are out of school. Yeah. Um, you know that Chipotle on Sixth Avenue and Thirteenth yeah, Street? Totally. The I, I was I used, when I, I worked at the new school for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I was, what did you do? Uh, I worked in the audio department, like at the end of each like semester. doing like recitals or yeah. recording. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to someone that worked there, and they said they turn in like, like something like two instruments a day get left there. Like, like just like a, a band? Like new school students go in there like after a class or between classes with their horn. They get a burrito and walk out like forgetting that they left their instrument there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Like, no, of people, course not. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, fuck, man. It's, like, it's, a, it's amazing to me that like, okay, like I was already like, like I describe myself as yeah, like 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 I said, I, was, I felt like I'm like a pretty like irresponsible student in some ways uh-huh. going in, but like that's coming out of like you know me being in New York and having like played in the city a lot and like or not a lot but like a lot for like a high schooler kind of and just like knowing what New York is like and I just can't imagine like being being someone from like like I mean anywhere who's like a kid who has no idea like about like. You know, they have, like, the certain, like, window to music, but then, mm-hmm. like, not necessarily about, like, what it's like to, like, live on your own or, like, this mm-hmm. real world kind of thing. Or, like, the ass kick that New York can be. Or yeah. That, that New York is. Um, to, like, just kind of automatically go to, like, New York and being the thick of it and then, like... And not... I think, yeah, it's still a weird, like, shock the, to the body and I can't imagine, like, I mean, what, New York is, uh, like... There's something inherent to New Yorkers that we just have, like, a heightened sense of, of like... Our, our surroundings totally you know and totally. like that's just that's just you know if you're walking you're constantly people are buzzing past you and there's cars yeah. and all that shit. like you just that's a natural instinct you gotta have that and if, if... it's hard for us though like, to be accepting of those that don't <laughs> yeah it sure is <laughs> oh my gosh yeah because i usually have a base on me it's like i i already have this like extra like three foot radius right. of like self-awareness <laughs> in space <laughs> so did you start yeah. were you doing sessions at smalls isn't that a place I, where I got a? I went. I went a couple times my first, my first semester. No, no. I went like a lot, like within like the span of like two weeks. Not just the smalls, two but weeks. like like yeah. like smalls and like smoke and like um, but a bunch of sessions like just like the, like the the sessions. Right. Um, and you know at that point I wasn't even trying to necessarily like get better at music. I was just like trying to like hustle gigs basically. That's what that is, yeah. Totally, yeah. And I wasn't, yeah. So like staying out late, getting home late, like being getting sick and just like being tired, and yeah, I got I got over it, burnt out from it real quick in got, two weeks. Yeah, that was the period. Okay, yeah, yeah. I went like every night for two weeks and just like got super burnt out, super sick of it. Uh, really, just like resentful of most of those people. Really, uh, of this, or just or maybe not the people like themselves, but just like the environment that like yeah that was like you know collaboratively created out of that whole thing um but people yeah. like vibing each other and stuff yeah or just like being like wasted playing like tunes like i was not into that or just like or just like the music being bad uh or like the, you know the things that everyone doesn't like about sessions like yeah like, long ass like solos and shit like that so i got really over it real quick after like going in like being like this is what i want to do like this is the kind of transition that i want to be i want it to be like a new york bass player playing every night playing right. like three gigs a night that kind of thing um because that's like what you know like towards the end of high school that's like what i learned like what the the, the thing was that's what it was gonna be right that's, yeah but then i was like okay well if this is what it is now fuck that <laughs> so luckily at the time i was i was in, a, in an ensemble that reggie workman led that was uh-huh. just about like um free improvisation but also the music of like john carter and like his music and oliver lake and yeah and it was ridiculous the music man what I'm, I'm not a jazz person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm like a very casual listener. Mm-hmm. Why don't people talk more about the music of John Carter and Bobby Bradford? Why isn't it like way up there with you know on the same levels or net when people talk? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's a bunch of guys like oh, yeah who should be. I mean, the people that are into like Bobby Bradford, and John Carter, like mm-hmm. are like into Bobby Bradford and John oh, Carter. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, totally. You know. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's always, it's every time I listen to that music, I'm just like, well, this is on the highest level. Totally. Like, complete mastery. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That was my, that was my introduction to it, like, just that class. I had no yeah. idea who it was. At first, I thought it was like a, like a typo of John Coltrane or something when right. I saw it. I'm like, who, the, like, who? But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I got, I got exposed to like stuff like that. And, um, 
so luckily that was happening at the same time of of my burnout and so um after this whole like burnout i was like okay well maybe i maybe like this this music would is like something that i could be into and um so it was like a gradual kind of like crossfade of like getting out of like not straight ahead jazz but mm-hmm. um, just like the that scene at least um yeah maybe sub scene i don't know what you want to call it but um finding distaste for that find, session thing yeah i mean getting while also hearing really into this whole thing yeah yeah and, I, and i've been doing it a, like a little bit of every of that in high school but um i mean like when reggie workman is the one showing you the way like that's kind of it's kind of amazing it's kind of what you need yeah um so i mean from then on like i was still playing a lot of sessions like, that i organized yeah and actually i think that's i think that's like what one thing i really took out of it that i still very much feel as part of myself today is that like i still wanted to play a lot like just like not just like free shit but like you know straight like tunes yeah um but i didn't want to be part of that so just like organized sessions all the time yeah and then did it on my own terms and and those sessions sessions and free sessions tunes like anything and um yeah i organized my own and did them on my own terms and um and then those sessions like started to turn into more rehearsals and then like that's kind of how I just got like a lot of my music played and just mm-hmm. got into just being a real kind of, you know, self-starter type. And you started doing your own gigs. Mm-hmm. Right then. Where where did yeah. you start? Um, well, I was in a collective trio that we played at like uh at first like venues like like Shapeshifter Lab or um eventually like uh, you know place Cafe Vivaldi. Yeah. Played there. Um played at the Jazz Gallery eventually and and you know, this is my own music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was playing in other other like like Lower East Side venues with, with other bands or just like um, like random like restaurant gigs too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the new school. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things about it, but like they did have a really good like gig office. A or good what? Gig office. What's, what, 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 what? I don't even know what that is. They just hook up students with like corporate or like background music gigs, basically. You get paid. You get paid like well. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like better than like. A lot of gigs that other people get now. <laughs> yeah, like really well. Yeah. 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 So you yeah. did a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. You. you um. You, how it works is like you you audition to be a band leader and then like they pick you if you get if you pass the audition then like you're like on this like call, ongoing call for yeah. gigs. So some wedding they want a they want a jazz mm-hmm. band. Yeah. They want a three piece and then you put it together and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah. Get yeah. gets like you having going. Having a talent agency. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Can you still tap into that or is. Well, I'm going back uh, next uh, next next semester to finish up my my last couple semesters. But um, I mean, fortunately, I haven't really uh, played or had to play or be, be, or even been called for like function, yeah, or like non original music gigs like at all yeah. lately. So when did you? Um, so I mean, I was just like looking at the gig your 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 calendar like before you came over here, and it's mm-hmm. like you're playing with Dave Douglas and Rebo and like all these mm-hmm. like masters. Like, when did you first start getting incorporated into that world? <sighs> uh, I when I was a sophomore, I did a couple gigs with Matt Wilson, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, some people I I mean a lot of these people I met through through like programs mm-hmm. and then like and then like after like i got a, f- a few co- like of these calls they came they became like through more like quote-unquote like organic means like like people knowing these people and, and so on and so forth so um yeah i uh well rebo and 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 dave douglas specifically i had met through the new school um dave was doing doing a class of his own music and um Rebo came in for this like silent film thing where he like they put together like an an ensemble of students and like we were like playing with him like with this like film of this mm-hmm. like weird like indie avant-garde film mm-hmm. um and uh yeah then he, he called me a few days later this like gig he happened to have at Barlonatico with um Jay Rodriguez and Nasheed Waits mm, wow and um and and now it's now it's um it's Chad Taylor on drums but um yeah we've been we 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 did a tour last february and um and we did a couple gigs and it's like a thing now like yeah, yeah we're doing we're doing another tour and I th- there's talks of recording and stuff so like yeah and what's the music yeah. um so do you know his record songs of resistance yeah yeah so it, it, at first it started off as like a version like a small group version of that like playing like like old like these like um like protest songs um 
but it's like it, it was like super like kind of like opened up so we would do like those and then like late like late train like sunship train yeah and and then free and or just like like these like funk grooves with like him like reciting these like like lyrics of these like songs over in like a mm-hmm. kind of like spoken word slam push yeah, 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 yeah. kind of way um and that's what the music still is basically but now i think he's we're gonna get away from the the songs a little bit more and have it more kind of like opened up because yeah um a part of it is like he he wants to you know him him and chad taylor and uh henry grimes had that uh that spiritual trio, unity, spiritual unity. Yeah. yeah um and and it's weird like i've the only bass player I've really ever been compared to, like in any way, was like Henry Grimes, but like I didn't like I never like like uh, young Henry Grimes or no like now huh yeah um or not now because he's not really playing anymore but like when he like when like when he when he came back yeah yeah um and who, like I, who, who who made that comparison well Linda O made it made the comparison when I was in high school and I didn't even know who he was at that point I mean um they're definitely an astute listener. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then Mark also made it, and, and Chad also made it. Um, and and you know, at, at that point, it was like a couple of years ago. I still didn't shut up that much. I mean, um, yeah, you know. I, I, you know, the record he made a record fifty some odd years ago called "The Call" mm-hmm. that I fucking you know have memorized. It's amazing. It's a trio mm-hmm. record with Perry Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm gonna sound like totally ignorant here. I don't feel like I have like a full understanding of what his current music is. Well, I mean, he's not really playing anymore, and I don't really know either. Um, I've only, I mean, I've only personally really checked him out on like Isler stuff, right? Um, right. But even still, like my my understanding of his playing, it, like it's it's gotten deeper, but like not really that. Right. I haven't like spent that much, enough time with it yet. Um. But anyway, that's just that that's part of why um uh the thing with Rebo works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh and what do you what's the band with Dave Douglas? That's this band called uh Engage. It's with um it's cool. We 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 recorded it for like the, that subscription series. Um it's just like these 12 tunes that he wrote that one is being released every month. Oh right. Um yeah, so it's it's an awesome band. It's with uh, Anna Weber. Uh She can play. She sure can. Yeah. <laughs> uh Jeff Parker, Tamika, yep, sure is. Tamika Reed, amazing, sure is, and uh, K Gentile. Yeah, <laughs> I was at City. <laughs> I'll never forget this, man. I was at City Lights Books in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And I walked in, and the second I walked in, I heard the guy that was working the counter, who was this like older African American guy. The the second I, I I walked in, I heard Mary Halverson come through the speakers. Like mm-hmm. I, I heard something that was so clearly Mary Halverson. Sure. You know? Yeah. And I stopped. And I go, man, are you listening to Mary Halverson? And he like really aggressively he's like, I'm listening to Tamika Reed. And I was like, Oh fuck. I thought that sounded like Mary. He's like, It is Mary, you got a good ear, but like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh yeah. It was no, but so that band's amazing. Yeah, it's super fun. Do you guys tour? Oh, we're doing a tour in July. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And have you been getting um, your tour legs together? Yeah, yeah. Actually I've been I mean I've been touring uh like I, I did a... Uh, I did my first like European tour, or first tour at all, but um, it was European in um, my freshman year of college. Really? And, yeah, during school. Yeah, and it, it was and it was during the semester, so it was like my first experience of like navigating like the school touring thing. Um, I mean, they have to like. Who? What was the tour? Um, it was with this tenor player, Adam Larson. I know that name. Yeah. 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 He's great. And um, yeah, it was it was all in I think it was all in Germany. Maybe some gigs in gigs in Austria, but um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And would, did they give you a hard time about that? Uh, no. But the thing is, right now I'm part of the, the dual degree program where I'm doing also a degree, like an academic degree in, at the Liberal Arts College. In what? Uh, contemporary music. But it's not like performance-based. It's like research-based, kind of like ethnographic type stuff. Okay. Um, All right. And uh, those teachers sometimes give me a hard time. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I, yeah, I've, I've, but since then I've, I've done one, between like one and three or four tours a semester at school. Like during during the school semester, yeah. which has been great, um, both like international and like U.S. tours. Um, yeah, so I I definitely feel like I like when I when I, going into it that I have like you know good a good sense of like how to best go about it and uh-huh. you know deal with like the stuff that isn't just musical. Oh, that's the which is, which that's is the, the trickiest part. Totally, yeah, yeah. When you're on tour, the gig is like. 
the one chilled out part of the day, weirdly <laughs> enough. I know. Yeah, right. That's like the relaxing part. Yeah. It's you just don't think out. about bullshit. You just get up there and play. You I know. know. It's, oh God, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, and then, so then what is, like I saw you did, you've got this roulette residency. Mm-hmm. And what, what have you done for that? I did one concert in January. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, it was two it was there were two sets. The first set was this piece of it for five bases called "The Floor Is Lava." Wow, uh, super fun. Um, okay, and, like a concert length piece. It was. It's like thirty five minutes. How many? Thirty five minutes. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second set was uh, long, long. It was like ninety minutes, and it was my my like I guess working band uh-huh. called Atlantic Attraction, which is we just recorded a record and hopefully putting it out. In the fall or spring, someone's putting it out for you. Uh, I'm talking to labels now. Yeah, but if not, I'll I'll just self-release it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm and, not really concerned. And what about is that music like? Oh gosh. Um, generally, my stuff is like, uh, you know, compo- like the composing for improvisers kind of thing. Right. Um, I've done a lot of like through composed music too. I I, I studied like with a private composition teacher at Manus. Um, but I but you know I, I've always written for improvisers and so um this band is the instrumentation is a uh, flute uh violin guitar bass and drums and the flautist and violinist are not um they're not like coming from a jazz background mm-hmm. um they just i just love playing with them who are they uh the the flautist her name is luna decker vargas okay uh viola violin and viola is lita fink uh, guitarist tal yahalom and drums is stephen bagelhold I don't know all, any of these people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah all amazing players. And um, but this is like your crew. This is my crew. Yeah, yeah, this is my hacking crew, man. Yeah. And you know, we. Um, I mean, the record. I'm really excited for. You already recorded it. Yeah, we recorded it. Where'd mm-hmm. you do it? The Creamery. It's a place in Greenpoint. Okay. It's one open room. We didn't use booths or headphones. Really? Even we just went. Well, we we um we did sounds the night before, so that when we can go in the next day, we just hit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we recorded like nineteen tunes in six hours. Like it Jesus was, Christ! Yeah, we just we we yeah. I mean, this band has been together for like a year, and we've and it's music that we've been doing. Um, plus, like collages that I kind of put together at the last minute. Like you know, you loop this four bar thing from this tune, and then you loop this part from this other tune, and like mm-hmm. just like doing that for a while. But um, uh, yeah, like it was just. Super, super seamless and really fun. Yeah, and yeah. The, and you took that band to roulette for the as part of the residency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have another concert coming up in June. Okay, um, and that's just like that's like a I guess concert length uh, thing I'm writing called uh, La Operación. Okay, it's about this documentary um, about this like you know the U.S. Um, imposed uh, sterilization and birth control in Puerto Rico in the uh, 50s and 60s jesus christ yeah it's dark there's a documentary about it that's really great and yeah. that's that that's where i'm getting a lot of my um i guess like abstract yeah like inspiration from yeah yeah and and that's uh the same group or it's like an expanded no, that, group no that's a different group it's that group is the instrumentation is a soprano voice two alto saxes two basses two drums shit that's a big group yeah it's, it's gonna be fun. Um, I'm writing the music now, uh, and it's it's all gonna be using. Uh, not that it matters, like for the, how it sounds, but uh, I'm using uh, timers for all of it. It's like, yeah. it's like a timed score kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. You get you. Well, that we'll record that for you. Oh yeah, really well, and video yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. Be great. Yeah. Yeah. So are you are you looking at you? You want to get into the recording shit, making albums and putting them out? Oh yeah, that's funny. I went to this Gen Shu concert, uh, this performance, uh, like uh, uh, shortly before she left for Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, at the beginning of the performance, she had a slide. She was like, "Okay, so like, I want you all to write your obituaries down." And I was like, "Okay." And um, and she gave an example of her own, and like she, in hers, she talked about like how much she had like done musically too, as well as like personally. Uh-huh. And on mine. <clears throat> I wrote something like Nick Dunstan died at the age of 117 <laughs> and recorded uh, 56 albums. Yeah. And like I was I was kind of like somewhat in jest, but I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, like. Sounds about right. Yeah. People record more record, more records than that. Oh, totally. So like, yeah. It's not even like. Jazz, are you kidding me? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The product and process. Yeah. W- when's the show at Relates? June? June 4th. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. I'm super ready. Yeah. Yeah. Music's done? Uh, the hard part is done. Like, the form shit is done. Yeah? Yeah. Over how long did you did you, did you spend writing that? Uh, nailing the form down? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I mean, I had some, like, steps along the way. Like, I did a, I did a concert of some other music, like, a few months ago. Um, 
really, it, I mean, as far as nailing them down the farm, I would say like 10 hours, really, of just like focused. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And uh, and you're going to be touring a lot this summer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing uh, I'm doing a tour with Amirtha Kadambi's band. Um, I'm doing a tour with uh, Dave Douglas um, and this Belgian drummer, Samuel Burr. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming over and talking. Thanks dude. so much. Yeah. It was awesome, Nick. Yeah. All right. How was that? That was me and Nick Dunstan. I hope you enjoyed that. Nick's for real. He's a really, really talented and amazing musician, and I do believe, I do believe uh, he ain't going nowhere. Check him out. NickDunstan.org. Go to the 5049 website, www.5049records.com. Check out uh, some records, buy a t-shirt, become a Patreon donor. Do all of those things. And that's it. Hope you guys are all doing well. I will talk to you next week. Ciao.